Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Welcome to episode 98 of the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. One episode away from the debut of 90s Mike at 99. We cannot wait. But pressing matters. This weekend was potentially one that we were looking forward to the most for a long time. And we managed to get ourselves six tickets to the whole weekend, SmackDown and Money in the Bank at the O2, thanks to the brilliant work of JCH with his admin. And he's the lad that we've got on the booth today. It's just me and him. It's JCH. He's very tired, even more tired than I am, because I slept till 3pm and this guy was playing cricket. How you doing, JCH? (laughs) Yeah, not bad, but yeah, tired, long day, uh, long weekend. I say even Friday, I came straight from the Belfry watching the golf straight to SmackDown. So it's been a bit all go this week, getting all the uh, all the sports in, the niche sports, cricket, golf, wrestling, you know. Might get down the darts or something tomorrow, get that one in there. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but um, all good. Yeah, had a good weekend. Looking forward to uh, reminiscing. Yeah, for sure. It's been a hell of a weekend. We're both quite tired. We're going to try and power through and keep this as alive as possible for you dear listeners <laughs> and let's crack on with the call-up sheet they're gonna to struggle today letting they're getting the best of me <laughs> <laughs> reach for the sky boy Okay, let's start with Shay L. Norris. Lol, I swear it's an updated photo from like seven years ago. Hashtag McLaren F1 from Virginia, USA. And she's got pictures of Ricardo and Norris in her profile. Um, yeah, so we're getting a, quite a lot of uh, driving-based fans of the show, aren't we? Yeah. So obviously we had quite a few NASCAR, but maybe this could be the... Uh, Shay L. Norris can be a... L. Norris is a driver, isn't he? Lando Norris, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm thinking of some... Basically, like a, 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 is, it, I want them to feud with the NASCAR people. Nice, yeah. Do they wear different things in Formula 1 or just a different shaped car? So she, um, so, so she's a fan of McLaren, so they wear orange. Okay. Yeah. So I want to go back a bit to the 90s where they were played in red and white, McLaren. Okay. We'll go to like a throwback... F1 gimmick, yeah, where she's going to be dressed in sort of red and white gear and uh, taking out NASCAR people, hitting them with a helmet. As a, as <laughs> I a love foreign, it. Affairs weapon, yep. Foreign affairs. And her handle is official Shah, so she needs to say the word Shah every time that she hits someone, <laughs> just yeah. like at ECW. <laughs> like it, and you know how much I like one word chance. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> Next up, we've got ourselves Sean who says he's a wrestling fan, anime fan, and aspiring writer. Uh, well, maybe Sean can write some... You know, like they always talk about the writers that they have in wrestling? Yeah. Well, I think his gimmick, he should just be sort of writing during the match. And so he doesn't really know, he doesn't know what the ending of the match is going to be until halfway through, when he can write the ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of coming up with it on, on the spot like that. I mean, I guess it's like sort of calling the match on the fly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
he could say, I'm the Booker Man and I'm coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like that. Next up, we've got ourselves Angie, who says, Wrestling is life, horror, renaissance, war, be chill, don't stress, God is good, from Alabama. Want to go first on this one? Well, I quite like the fact that that she goes from horror, renaissance, raw, to then be chill. It's like, you know, it's a bit um, yin-yang. It's a bit, um, who was a yin-yang character in wrestling? Someone who had two, oh, like an old school Damien Priest. Oh, wait a minute, like Jimmy Wang Yang. and she's from alabama he was a deep south guy in a texas hat right (laughs) damien priest no jimmy wang jimmy wang yang sorry yes (laughs) get all over the shop yeah next up just a quick shout out this one is drunk uncle scissors of course our friend tony of bingus if you don't follow him give him a follow his bio is unlocking those 90s memories one at a time Wrestling Nonsense and Billy Gunn love here. BLM. Big, big fan of Tony. Former member of the Shop Mastermind Challenge. I just... would like to get him on for a head-to-head Billy Gunn off the one point. Oh, there you go. Tony, there's your uh, <laughs> challenge if you choose to accept. <laughs> Next, we've got Phil. Editor Phil. Big shout out to Phil. Who, by the way, if people haven't realised this yet, every single time that we do the call-up, he puts different theme musics for each person. Yeah. And they're linked, and it's a quiz. So there's something to add to your listenership. Ooh. Next up, we've got ourselves Richard, fan of the Saints and of pro wrestling. And yes, Snorlax is my spirit Pokemon. Okay, so he's sort of got his own gimmick written there, isn't he? He's just going to be lying in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> he's the um, love interest of Wendy Chu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> And you Next know, up. you can like sort of when like people like play dead weights, it's really hard to lift. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just sort of doing that and they get really tired out trying to lift him up. Apparently, he just sort of rolls over on top of them. <laughs> Apparently, him. I'm a massive dead weight if I'm um, knocked out pissed. So there's a little bit of interesting fact for you. <laughs> I can imagine. Next up, we've got ourselves Wrestling Man, who just says, wrestling all day. Right, so, you know, um, when you play, like, 2K or something, I haven't played Fight Forever yet, but and you're sort of choosing the moves for your person, and it's just yeah. that, sort of like the community mascot. It's yeah. Just like, it's just like, looks like Morph, but with no eyes, doing the moves. <laughs> that is, to me, Wrestling Man, and that is... Love what's it. his name? But it's just called Wrestling Man, isn't it? Yeah. Wrestling Man, yeah. There he is, yeah. <laughs> Next up, we've got someone who has had theirs previously, Russell, who his bio is simply four times Wasp Sting Survivor. Yeah, we yeah, definitely did that. him previously. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Russell, though. He likes our stuff on Twitter. So big up, Russell. Next up, we've got It's MJ. I am Groot. I'm a wrestling fan from Mumbai, India. Wait, well, Groot's not from Mumbai, isn't he? Isn't he one of the um, Dragons of the Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy. There can be more than one Groot in the world. Is that Groot? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he's, is he the stick man? Yeah, he is, yeah. So, yeah, he's going to be a stick man of kinds. <laughs> uh, also, he has a second career as a star of a Judy Donaldson book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got ourselves Jake Marley, someone who likes a lot of our stuff on Twitter. Also part of the Loaded Wrestling Podcast, who are a good listen as well. 
He's a writer, Evertonian. I do things for people much cooler than me in the music industry. Marketing, words at the Blue Room EFC and Loaded Wrestling Pod. I feel like Jake's gimmick was, I don't know, he was at one stage a quite, you know, prominent member of the upper card and was um, quite highly thought of, never quite won a title. And then as the years have gone on, he's just sort of slowly dropped down the card and he's just sort of hovering around getting released every year. But in his head, he still thinks he's a big star. <laughs> Love it. I quite like the idea of him being a tag team just by himself and he's a schizophrenic character and it's Marley and me. <laughs> next up we've got ourselves richard langan huge movie lover especially horrors tattooed huge chelsea fan football wrestling ufc boxing and music are passions of mine so there's a lot going on there an awful lot going on there i want to give it a uh, shout out to maybe putting him in tna no no not tna what was the, the team with draws and albert where they were like piercings and tattoos what were they called? Or were they just called Dros and Albert? Yeah, it was, called, it was Prince Albert, wasn't it? Named yeah. after the penis piercing. <laughs> Maybe as it's the um, week of the sad passing of Dros, let's put him in with that team. Yeah, that was good. Next up, we've got Paul St. Davis, Charlton Athletic Football Club, football content creator and fan. Other interests may apply. Football content creator. Yeah, and he's a big fan of Charlton Athletic, so there's got to be some old school Charlton personality types here. Uh, I feel like he might get him some uh, South African tag team partners and he can partner up with Mark Fish. I think he was a child, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. What was his name again, sorry? Uh, his name was Paul St. Davis. Paul St. Davis. Um, I was really hoping he had a sort of animal or aquarium-based name to tag with <laughs> Mark Fish, but just going to be Davis and Fish. <laughs> Which is actually... Um... Bobby Fish and uh, Mark Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we've got ourselves Spainster24. Spainster24 Wrestling Podcast, which I post new episodes weekly. Come and talk smack with us and drop some promos. Also a YouTuber. Yeah, I feel they're sort of as a Spanish-based wrestling podcast. I think it's Australian. It might be New Zealand, based on the flag. Uh, okay. So uh, we need Dom here to describe what Spainster means. <laughs> like a, is it like Spinster? Well, a spinster like is someone who's like... Crazy cat people. Yeah. <laughs> it comes to the ring with a load of cats. <laughs> yeah, he's um he's like the Mickey James to Trish Stratus, but it's for Natty, who's the crazy cat lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, giving a shout out to the man, the myth, the legend, that is Mitch Freely, who's asked for it. Shout out, based in Doha, being sports, person, tasty foods, alternative tunes and dabbles of Qatar football. Views are my own. And he's just had a baby. I was going to say, I, his gimmick would be new dad. Happy new dad. <laughs> yeah, so he could be like, you know, the wrestler that used to be an absolute heel. And now he goes around trying to tell everyone how great he is because he's a changed person and he's a new dad. What everyone's really like, we know the real you, Mitch. <laughs> we know you hate Dom <laughs> but honestly Mitch much love to you mate and all the best to you and Carly with the newborn I was going to put a, I know Mitch is a big office fan and I was going to make a beans muff related comment <laughs> I was going to leave it at that for you Mitch congratulations <laughs> <laughs>
that was the call up sheet. We'll be in touch with everyone uh, to let you know that you've had your shout out. So let's move on to what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 come on. A la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 So this is the roundtable slash what the nerds are watching combined, as it has been one hell of a weekend for the rest of the Should Be Fine Lads at the O2 in London. And we've got ourselves a special guest running. He's missed the call-up sheet, but he's here for the main event. It's Ro. Ro, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? I'm really good. You got my name wrong, actually. Does it not say Rohan Reigns? <laughs> it does say <laughs> Rohan Reigns. But I refuse to call you it. <laughs> um, I'm good. I'm really good. It's good to sort me back. I thought I would jump in because, obviously, it's been a very memorable wrestling weekend for all of us, especially for me because it was my first ever, I guess, WWE live uh, show, SmackDown and pay-per-view. So, yeah, it was really good. And I am really happy to join and share some insights of the weekend. Absolutely, mate. Well, pleasure to have you on. And let's get straight into it. So we started off on Friday, knowing that we had to be at the O2 for SmackDown Live. And I was particularly excited because I showed up at about half past two at the O2 and <laughs> uh, sat in the rain by myself drinking some ciders, uh, listening to the previous week's podcast, getting those numbers up and uh, was texting you a lot, being like, you need to come down. And everyone was like, mate, you're there too early, which is fair. So then <laughs> <laughs> James, you were having to come from the Belfry, is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Step at the Belfry watching some of the British Masters. A lovely so, time, lovely civilized day out of the golf. So, how long a journey was it for you from where you were to the O2? So it's like um, it was about a twenty-five minute shuttle bus from the Belfry to Burn International. Then it was an hour and a half train. Then I got from Euston to my house because I wanted to drop my bag off. Literally, just dropped my bag off and came in my golf clothes straight to the O2. So yeah, it's probably about two and a half, three hours, maybe. Amazing. That is incredible effort. And I believe you were there before Row. Is that right? <laughs> I think just about. We were about at the same time. I think I just got there ahead of Row, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we had ourselves a great group of people. We had ourselves myself, JCH, and Row from this podcast. And we also had Dom, who you know from previous podcasts. We also had Oscar, who you know from a few podcasts, and the TikTok. Last but not least, who did we have, JCH? With 90s Mike Knight. <laughs> It was the boy that is night is Mike Knight. He's going to be on next week. Listen out for that one. And I have to say, it was a great six. We were kind of contemplating doing a few maybe bottomless brunches and the like on the Friday as well as the Saturday in the pre-chat. <laughs> and <laughs> it kind of got decided that maybe it was wise to just kind of go easy on the first night, whether that was the case or not. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. But we pretty much tailgated using Tesco Express from the O2 on the uh, first day. Had lots of fun just chatting around with each other. And we headed in about, what, half past seven after getting our picture next to the money in the bank bus? I'd say it was later. I'd say it was about quarter to eight. Okay, yeah. so that's about... Yeah, quarter to eight for sure. Very okay. late. The queue is so big. And we, as you know, people who may have been to wrestling shows with us before, we don't like queuing. We just wait. We've got a set seat or just stand at the back. So, yeah, and then suddenly it was like, the queue's not really moving, so we better get in it at some point um, <laughs> as it sort of got to us. And we got in the queue and, uh, 
Yeah, they got this new AI security in um, the O2, so you don't have to get patted down or anything, or metal detectors just walk through. Unless uh, you're Dom. Well, Dom did get patted down, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we saw me and Mike got up to the top of the, we're about to go up to the 400 level, and the lady's like, do you want to sit on the floor? And we're like, well, I need six tickets. And she went, there you go, and gave us six tickets. We got a free upgrade to the third row, which is nice. Yeah, so when that happened, I was assuming that we were just going to be kind of, you know, maybe a few rows in front, and we were going to go from being in a group of six to group of four and two. And I wasn't particularly happy about it. I was like, oh, let's just sit in our seats. But then I was talked out of it and said, let's just see where the seats are. And we got moved <laughs> through the door, and the guy was like, yeah, you're at, right at the bottom, keep going down, then turn left, and then you're up right by the ring. And we were like, yeah, these are the seats for us. <laughs> it was incredible, wasn't it? The upgrade was from literally almost the back to the front. Yeah, because obviously we had the seats the next day and they were pretty high. It was a good, good view. But yeah, you asked, like, oh, we're not all sitting together. And I'm like, look, it's like, it's like a two and a four. And then the row, one in front, one behind. I think it would be probably worth it. I think it'd be quite good. And yeah, you did take a bit of convincing. <laughs> yeah, I think if we had listened to you, we would have still been in the room and I would not have got my moment with Roman. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, so for full disclosure, we were kind of third row-ish away from the ring, away from the hard cam, but brilliant seats on the corner. And the first match that we pretty much arrived straight at was the tag team title match, Sammy and KO against Pretty Deadly. And the reactions straight from the off for pretty much every competitor, but specifically Sami Zayn, through the roof. And being there so close, I must admit, I was very, very excited straight from the off. What was your first impression, Ro? Oh, yeah. For me, as soon as I walked in, to sort of hear the crowd and sort of just see this ring set up and the SmackDown set up and, like, the announcer, I was like, it was just really surreal for a second because I was like, I watched this on TV from like you know childhood um sort of on and off to now and just to see it sort of live in person it was definitely sort of like take step back a bit but like oh my god i'm actually here this is really 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 cool and then yeah just the crowd sort of right from the get-go such a hot crowd like singing sammy's song just sort of like interacting the whole way through and just sort of the chance it was just yeah and the fact that we were also so close as well i could literally just see sammy zane and kevin Owens right there it was just, yeah, it was really, really good. Um, really, really cool. And so glad like we, we got to sort of be a part of it so up and close. So, if, yeah, for someone who's never seen or been to sort of like a WWE show, I was definitely taken aback um, initially. So, um, yeah, no, I loved it. You weren't put off by your initial concerns that there was no commentary? Well, this is it. Again, <laughs> because I've never been to a show, I was like, surely they just have the commentary running on the sound system or whatever, or somehow. But yeah, it was just really weird. Like, all you could hear was just, you know, the hits and the slaps and the ring and the grunts. So initially, it was just a bit weird. And then I, you know, then I just got used to it. But yeah, I was a bit hesitant. I was like, huh, how am I going to know what hold this is? If I, you know, <laughs> telling me 20 million times or, you know, Michael Hall's not hyping up something so dramatically. How will I, how will I be hyped? But yeah, no, it was, um, it was brilliant. I loved it right from the get go all the way through. And the match itself, James, what did you make of the opening match? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I said, I missed the Sami Zayn coming out because I was getting some red wine. As I like to do, um, but you know the uh, the um, atmosphere was really good, uh, yeah, and it was a good solid match. 
yeah, but they did it really well. And what I'm guessing is probably, I think they did mention it later on, my country is their biggest sort of spot they've ever had in their careers so far, I believe. Uh, yeah, you got to say But um, yeah, really, really good match just to kick off. I said, I'm never, never good. I, I was not even like I was massively drunk. I'm just not very good at remembering matches, especially when I'm live, because I just sort of get lost in it as much as I can. And yeah, don't sort of write anything down. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I guess about as much as I can say. Sorry. <laughs> My big takeaways were that I was really happy that because obviously at certain points the London crowd in particular can kind of just cheer who they want to cheer, but they kind of got right into the match in terms of how the story was being told. They cheered the good guys. They booed the bad guys, even though they're British. And I must admit that I did bite on one nip info in the one where they did the tag team swap in the uh, apron that they always do. And then the roll up afterwards, it was kind of a 2.9 kick out. It was really, really close. And yeah, I thought Pretty Deadly did a great job. And there'll be more talk on them a bit later in the pod. Then we moved on to Austin Theory against Ridge Holland. A very quick match here, just two minutes 41. But I thought that Rich Holland got a really nice uh, reaction. We were chatting England, England, England in a fun way. And I don't think James joined in that one. But (laughs) 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 And then we also got to see the absolute rig that is on theory and other things outside the venue. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's pod friendly, is it, Ross? (laughs) No comment. No comment. (laughs) Thoughts on that match though, Ro? It was a decent match, I think. I don't remember it much. But yeah, just a good sort of uh, moment for Ridge uh, to sort of wrestle in front of, obviously, the UK crowd. And yeah, it's just another sort of like theory match where, I don't know, he's, he just does, you know, his matches also seem the same. But yeah, no, it, was, uh, it wasn't that memorable. But um, good to sort of watch uh, Ridge Holland get his moment. Yeah, for sure. And at the end of the match, we had Seamus make the save. And it seems as if we're going to be getting a Austin Theory Sheamus program moving forward, which I'm all for. Oh yeah, no, I I am surprised that wasn't a match on Money in the Bank. To be fair, I just thought it's a given that you you know give Sheamus a, a match on, in front of the UK crowd. Uh, obviously, he had a big match at Clash of the Castle, but um, I just thought it would that would that's the direction they're going in. Um, but I guess that's a, that's a, a match later on down the line. But yeah, again, good to see she Sheamus in front of the of, alive and in front of the UK crowd. Yeah. Next up, we had Bailey facing Shotzi. Shotzi, someone who was supposed to wrestle Bailey the previous week and it got nixed. People are saying that's Vince McMahon, but who knows? And the storyline here being that Shotzi would get Bailey's spot in the Money in the Bank if she won. And we got some fun dives here. Shotzi did a thing through the middle rope, which is always cool because she's so kamikaze with it. And we got Bailey cheating to win like normal. Plus, we got an IO Sky little feature as well. And there was already a small smattering of proof there how over she was going to be the next night. So there was a lot of fun here. Obviously, the crowd cheering for Bailey was the high point here and her doing her utmost to be like, I don't want you to cheer me. <laughs> what was your thoughts on this one, James? Well, so the, the setup was that EO Sky had agreed to put Bailey spot That's on. Right. Wasn't yeah. Well, yeah. 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 So I mainly remember the chanting, if I'm honest. Yeah. I, I felt <laughs> like, I mean, it's just might be a spoiler. That's. For most of the shows, I felt like it was. I didn't really like get any massive standout like matches and stuff. There's some good and cool moments it will come to later on in the in the ladder matches, especially and in the and in the main event. But I thought like it was more of a 
PLE. It's not like a house show, but I, I thought it's like the, it was more like the crowd and the things were more memorable than my, a lot of the wrestling. And that's not in a, not meant in a bad way at all. But yeah, just sort of I sort of felt towards most of the matches. Yeah. Next up, we had ourselves a really fun segment with Logan Paul, and the reaction that Logan Paul got was tremendous in a heel way. I was a little bit worried that because Prime and that sort of stuff with KSI and Britain in particular are so popular. I was a little bit worried that with such a family-oriented crowd that he would get cheered. So I was delighted to hear 20,000 people call him an absolute wanker. And you can stick your Prime up your ass. Big fan of that Have you one. ever tasted Prime? It's fucking horrible. Never tried it. Never tried no, it. Never my tried mate it. got me some for my birthday, I think, because it was like really hard to get, and he just seen some in a shop, like just coincidentally. And it's still got like three quarters of the bottle in my fridge, because I tried it. I was like, this is... No. You yeah. should have taken it. You should have taken it to. You would have got some good money for that. Yeah. Like, you should have thrown. You know what? You should have taken that. Thrown it at him. <laughs> so I just watched the Seth Rollins Snack Wars on YouTube that came out this weekend. I don't know if you know what Snack Wars are, but it's basically. Oh, I do. I do. Um, uh, I, I've, I've seen a few of them. They're very entertaining. It's basically UK versus US foods, and Prime was up against Bovril on that particular <laughs> round, and Seth Rollins picked Bovril. So there you go. Of course he did. So what's Bovril representing the UK in prime yeah. US? Yeah. <laughs> I thought KSI was British. Well, you know, half American. <laughs> oh, Bovril? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like a hot marmite? Yeah, Pretty it's a much. hot beef paste, yeah. Oh, sounds like... <laughs> I mean, I've ne- I wouldn't finish that sentence. <laughs> I'm very curious. I'm very curious, James. What did prime taste like? Sweat? <laughs> no, it was like a sort of like horrible fruity, sort of like a sort of alco pop with no alcohol, but not as good. Sounds like a shit Capri Sun. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, and I like a Capri Sun. I do love a Capri Sun. That's why I said shit one. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> so moving back to what was going on in <laughs> in the hotel, oh, yeah. that's my fault. I brought up Snap Wars. <laughs> It led to then LA Knight coming out to an absolute monster pop. I had just bought some more drinks for everyone. Six drinks for £51 in the O2. Absolute bargain. Thanks, lads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as I was walking down the steps, I felt like the actual floor wobble underneath me as the crowd reacted to LA Knight's music. I was a little bit unsteady on those stairs. Not for the first time. Oh, and <laughs> And that pop for him was amazing. And it led to... Butch versus LA Knight versus Santos Escobar in a real quick blink on your miss it three minutes 30 match where everyone got their moves in. Really fun match. Logan Paul was on the outside and I think he got hit three times by the three separate wrestlers during the match, which was fun as well. (laughs) And then it ended up with Butch getting the win on his home turf, followed by him being able to climb up the ladder and take the briefcase, which for someone that we've seen in such small venues as the Tufnell Park Dome, to that moment, that felt really special to me. And the fact that the crowd would chant in Bruiserweight and not Butch was really cool as well. It doesn't bother me too much. The name change, it was just a lovely little like throwback moment to, we remember you, Pete, and we love you. And I'm just happy to see you doing well. And it was just a nice little moment. Ro, what, what was your thought on it? Yeah, no, agree exactly what you said. It was really nice to sort of see him get his moment in front of the crowd. And as you said, like, I haven't been to as many 
of the progress shows but you and some of the other lads have been but even for me it was really sort of like heartwarming sort of special to see him get his moment on such a big stage and get the win and then climb the ladder and retrieve a briefcase which as heartwarming as it was as we all know as wrestling fans means he had fuck all chance of winning that briefcase (laughs) (laughs) and i'm pretty sure i turned around to one of you and be like yeah there's no chance there's literally no chance now that he's done that i thought they would have done that given that grab the briefcase to logan just to sort of like again tease the fact that he might win but no it was nice for butch to have that moment and you're right the bruiserweight chance must have been very sort of special for him as well just to hear those chants and know you're still pete dunn you're still bruiserweight even though you know you're scrappy do in wwe <laughs> jch what was it like for you to see butch in that place yeah yeah it was cool i was obviously i mean barclays yeah wrestling walter i think he was at the time oh yeah yeah it was quite cool to see him at, um in england his home country but yeah that sort of wasn't quite as sound like a dick it wasn't quite as big a thing for me because i've sort of seen him make that size venue before yeah, yeah. LA Knight questions. Yeah, you two are both a little bit puzzled by it, right? Well, I've never I seen it, it before. I hate the watch chant because it ruined so much. I hate whatever that was. Seth Rollins singing. Because it ruins people. And then this goober. I mean, okay, yeah, get yourself over, get your catchphrase. It's a one word. And it's just morons running around saying, yeah. And I'm like, no, sell me on him, Ross. I don't think you can. Yeah, I, I am with James on this 100%. <laughs> I find the year really annoying. He does it when the people are doing it around Ocho Arena. And I again, I don't know if he was at NXT before. I don't get it. He's just a catchphrase. That's all he is. As James said, sell us LA Night, Ross. Well, I didn't really get to catch him too much in TNA or Impact TNA. It probably wasn't okay. at that point. That, ex- that explains it. But I That's did funny. watch <laughs> but I did watch a lot of his NXT run and I enjoyed it a lot. Then his call up was a bit weird, wasn't it, when he got called up as part of the maximum male models and he was the manager. So that was a tough gig for him. And I think the fact that the WWE gave him that tough gig is the reason that he's getting such a big push a little bit in terms of the fan reaction. Because one, he is charismatic and he's good on the mic. Two, people seem to love it when, well, not love it, but like really push for someone that they feel is being held down. And I think that that correlates to him. And I just think it's building and building and building. And he's proving people wrong through live crowds, I think. Because I think that more people wouldn't have known who he was too much coming into this show, for example, and then leaving being like, oh, that LA Knight guy was popular. And that spreads. Well, can he go? I think he can definitely go in a WWE style. It's another Bray Wyatt. I think he can definitely go in a WWE style in ring. I don't think that he would be a AEW guy. Mm. I would say I'll wait and see, but I probably won't see it again. So I'm just saying still knocking around then. Talking about people that have won you over. Next up, we had ourselves the WWE Women's Title match between Asuka and Charlotte Flair. only went eight minutes and it proved to be kind of the story must continue type vibe we didn't get to see the epic contests that they've had in the past i think that may have been asking a bit too much and the rating on cage match is only 4.33 out of 10 for this one which is proof of that but we still got to see them both and i thought charlotte flair in the flesh looked like an absolute star i don't know about you guys but i think she commands that camera in a similar way to what roman does on the male side of things And then Asuka is just Asuka and she's an enigmatic, brilliant wrestler and someone that I just wish that we could see a bit more of in this particular match. But I get that it's a Smackdown and the story must continue, etc, etc. But it was cool to see it. What were your thoughts on it, Ro? 
Yeah, definitely cool to see. And I think this is the point of the show where I realized we're sitting very close to the ramp and all I need to do is walk a few seats left and I'm literally right by the ramp. So I did go along and seeing Charlotte enter literally right up and close, she is just flawless. Like you said, she commands the camera, she commands the audience. She just, the way she holds herself is deserving of her sort of monkey as a queen. So just to see her up close in the flesh, she is just above everyone else, I guess, in that division in terms of just the way her superstar status. And again, yeah, on card, I was really excited to see this match because obviously they've had phenomenal matches previously. And Charlotte was obviously the one who ended Asuka's streak at WrestleMania, which again was a phenomenal match. The match itself, I think, fell a bit flat. I think there was a lot of a few miscommunications. They just didn't click on this occasion. But, you know, it was good to sort of see a WWE Women's title match featuring both of them. And then obviously there was the interference by Bianca, who I'm guessing is turning heel, possibly, based on her actions. Um, And that might be setting up a triple threat, maybe at SummerSlam between the three of them. So, you know, even though the match itself felt flat compared to what they've had previously, it was still nice to be there to watch and have that sort of experience live. I would say. And yeah, Asuka's entrance, again, I saw that when she walked in. She's just, she's crazy. Just um, amazing at what she does. Definitely. JCH, on that main event? Yeah, I was really looking forward to it, hoping to get, like, yeah, a proper match. But I was fine with what happened in the circumstance. I mean, yeah, it was good fun, as you say, just three of them getting involved, continuing their little story. Bianca, Asuka's story, and then Charlotte being like, this is my time. Yeah, no, I'd say fine. I'd say it wasn't what I was hoping going into it, but I wasn't like really annoyed about it. Just getting ended with a DQ or whatever. I think it's fine and it is what it is for the position it was in. Yeah, my big takeaway from that match was the two table spots that both of them didn't break the table. And then previous to that, <laughs> the crowd chanting, we want tables and being able to chant that along with 20,000 people at Dom, which was quite fun. <laughs> uh, I, I, sorry, you say it didn't break. Have you watched it back? Yeah, I did watch it back, yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I just had it on just while I was waiting for you to join the Zoom and I smacked down highlights on. I put it on and just had a bit. I don't know. I'm sure if it was meant to break. I don't think it was meant to break either. I'm just joking. It was just like, yeah, just a KOD on top of another person. I think it looked quite cool. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah just, sorry, that was just an observation I had. <laughs> that was good. Next up, we then had the main event that Roe was so excited for. The fact that he was a matter of inches away from his absolute hero, Roman Reigns. So we had a brilliant, what felt like three minutes, but I think it was about six, seven minutes of video package detailing the last few weeks of the breakdown of the bloodline. And that was met with just a massive round of applause and cheers because it's pure cinema. I think JCH told me that he watched that backstage promo twice during the weekend and both times he was like, yeah, this is brilliant. And that's someone that's not really been watching WWE too much. So it ended up being Roman Reigns and Solo Sikoa coming out first. They started doing their little chatter about how they're the top dogs and Usos don't stand a chance tomorrow night. And then the Usos music hit and they came down the ramp. And if you pause SmackDown at the right time, then you'll see Ro <laughs> perfectly in shot. What? I need to watch this back. Jimmy. Alongside Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch it back. And you have to tell me the time. I'm going to I'm going to definitely watch it back. <laughs> And there was a brilliant line said to Roman and Solo where one of the Usos says, when was the last time that he was pinned, cuz? And then he's like, two years ago. When's he next getting pinned, cuz? Tomorrow night. (laughs) And then there was a massive (laughs) pop. Absolutely loved it. And then, of course, to end SmackDown, we had ourselves a massive Pier 6 brawl between the four of them. And security came out to try and sort it out. And we saw a lot of familiar faces. We saw ourselves man like Doris. We saw ourselves Brendan White. We saw ourselves Tate Mayfairs. We saw ourselves Jack Stars from NXT UK. 
Any others that we didn't spot? Leon Slayer. Leon Slayer, of course. It was the first one we spotted, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was a big, uh, well, I say big. A big from us. 0-1-2-1 chant. <laughs> and also a lot of wank pheasant chants. Yes, yes. So don't <laughs> think that that one made it onto the audio of BT Sport. I don't know if you, dear listener, remember, but a few years ago, there was a sign in the crowd that said, Roman is a wank pheasant. And it's <laughs> and it certainly stuck with me. And I thought it was the right time to bring out some pheasant <laughs> wank-based chants. So throughout the weekend, I think we did, what was it? What was the chants that we were actually doing? Like, what do we think of Roman? We did. Roman, 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 what the hell is a wank pheasant? <laughs> well, this is the question I had. We've like, is it a pheasant that you wank off, or a pheasant that wanks you off, or is it just a pheasant that wanks itself? I'm almost certain that that was a British crowd that had that sign. Yeah, I think it was. For certain, has to be. For certain. <laughs> I can't even remember what the actual chants were now, which is a shame. But on you the know, night on Monday, the bank, you mean? Yeah, both of them. Oh, there was loads. There was something about taking your shoes off. There was red shoe wanker. Oh no, no. Like I mean, our chance. <laughs> oh, I mean, our okay. That involved said wanking a pheasant. <laughs> oh, okay. That, I remember, that I would... I remember my EO Sky chance. Don't worry, I'll get that one. Oh, later. that'll be coming out later. <laughs> So yeah, that was SmackDown from the third row. And yeah, I have to say it was a very different experience to the second day. It felt a lot more immersive. It felt like you were a part of the action, which was obvious because you're so close to it. But the fact that we did it that way round was probably better, I think, because had we just watched that show from the top, it might have felt a bit flat. Mm. Whereas the pay-per-view was so good that it didn't really matter where we were sat, I think. I agree. I think, I don't know about you, but maybe it's because where we were sat the first, obviously the crowd was sort of loud and a hot crowd all the way through, but watching it where we were sat for money in the back from the top, you heard the crowd reaction even more than we did when we were on sort of like the floor level. And I'm, yeah. I'm, maybe it was because there was obviously more people at money in the bank than there were SmackDown. But I, I'm glad we got to do both just to sort of have that experience of sitting almost ringside and then having that being amongst sort of like the audience and hearing the reaction from below and like above us as well. It definitely was, as you said, good to have that experience on both sides of it. For sure. Then the two dark matches were AJ Styles and Karrion Cross and Rey Mysterio at Austin Theory. I wasn't there for them. I skipped it to make sure that I was around for what we went to afterwards. Did either of you two stay around for the dark matches? No, I stayed for AJ's entrance and I'm a bit upset with him because I stuck my hand out and he completely blanked me. Oh, no. He decided to high five some kids instead of me. I mean, what a twat. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that was... (laughs) And then I I turned around and none of you guys were there, so I legged it to go where obviously we had to be. But I'm told they were quite, by the numbers, short and quick dark matches. In fact, I didn't actually realise it was Ray Mysterio was going to show up. I would have probably have stayed just to see him um, and hear his music sort of live. So I'm a bit gutted about that. But uh, yeah, no, I I didn't stick around for the matches. I don't know if James did. I did not. So I know that Oscar was there for the start, at least, because he sent me that really cool video of Karrion Cross's entrance, which is really cool. And I posted that onto Twitter and said, note for future, if you turn up late after a piss out, WWE will hand you an upgraded ticket to fill the floor seats. And the amount of people that reacted with, guys, you're obviously lying. You've obviously just walked down there during the dark matches. I was just like, don't know how to prove it, but. I'm not lying. <laughs> Ross, I will send you some of my videos that I've got and you can put down your Twitter and shut them up. <laughs> well, yeah, but they also they also can't think that if you say El Fantasmo is Logan Paul, that you're being serious. So, Oh, that is true. That is true. <laughs> 
So that was the actual wrestling of day one. And it felt like, I don't know about you guys, but it didn't feel like it was only two hours. It felt like it was only 45 minutes or something. Flew by for me. Um, And by that point, then we headed upstairs through the brilliant work of BT Sports, Rob Armstrong. He was hosting the run-in live, the preview show for Money in the Bank. Hosting the show alongside Ariel Hewani, alongside Barrett, alongside Adebayo Adesemwa, and alongside Pretty Deadly. So we were treated to being in a very small room to some brilliant interviews from Rob on all those people. And we were on the YouTube and BT Sport versions of it, which is pretty cool to say that our little faces were on TV, which is exciting. And for me personally, it was just great to see Rob flourishing at what he's best at. He's absolutely incredible at getting the best out of wrestlers in terms of his interview technique. The stuff in particular with Pretty Deadly, I thought was absolutely brilliant. The stories that they were telling, the chemistry that they clearly have as a pair comes through. You can tell how much fun they're having and it just makes me want to pull for them even more. And I don't think we're in a situation where we're expecting WWE to drop the ball on them because they've started off so strong that I don't think they're going to drop the ball on them after their performances either. So... I absolutely loved it. I got some pictures with Roe and Pretty Deadly. I know my brother Ryan got pictures with pretty much everyone that was on that show. And yeah, just a really fun end to a brilliant night with the lads with free booze and free food. I massively enjoyed it. What was your impression of it, Roe? Yeah, no, again, a big thanks to uh, Robin Beach Sports for the invite. It was, you know, as you said, a really nice way of ending the experience of being there at the O2 for the first day. And you're right, seeing the way Rob interviewed is a natural. He didn't look flustered and he literally got the best out of all the guests. And, you know, for me, I was like, it looks as if they rehearsed this. The way his chemistry with sort of his people he was interviewing as well was just flawless. And with the way him and Ariel sort of interacting as well. And then, yeah, pretty deadly. Just as, you know, obviously they're a bit new. So, you know, for me and many others, you know, not really familiar with what they're like. But just to see they are just having so much fun. They seem like really top guys just enjoying what they do. And I, you know... I'm with you on Ross. I think this is just a sort of beginning for them just to hear sort of their experiences so far. And also, you know, just to see Wade Barrett sort of really close and sort of share his experiences and his sort of thoughts on Money in the Bank upcoming and uh, WWE in the UK as well. And uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And then the free drinks and food, always a win. So yeah, definitely a cherry on the cake, I would say, to top off a really good Friday, a really good Smackdown. A high point for me was definitely when you told my nephew George about Elton Prince being oh, on, oh yes being so, yeah, on fun. first dates. Yep. I this is it, and I thought I I mean I was like I can't ask him, and I I used I, I literally used your brother's one of his boys to go in there just because they were getting that photo, and I said by the way when you get a photo just say my mum really enjoyed watching on first dates, um, and I didn't think he would do it, and the legend that he is he literally he did it he he took a photo he shook he goes oh by the way my mum loved you on that first date show, and I just heard it and I saw it and his reaction his face was like oh my god this is the last thing I was expecting this kid to say, and he just looked he looked so flustered and he literally just went thanks mate but that was not me that was someone else i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> just, so, such quality but yeah that was a highlight for me as well actually <laughs> and ending day one on you jch i know that you had a little chat as well with ariel which you enjoyed yeah i'd, I'd like to echo what you said about rob first though fantastic a thank you rob and b yeah what a great natural performer or performer or getting the best out of the performers i think is the best way to say it, it just seemed like yeah natural conversation 
just two blokes in a bar having a chat or three blokes or four, depending on how many of them want each time. But um, yeah, I had a little chat with Ariel Horani about the Buffalo Bills. I mean, he's a Bills fan. He seemed like a very nice fella. Took the time out to have a chat with us and did some content for the Insta for Dom. And yeah, just had a, just had a really good time. I'd say like free wine. I ate a lot of sliders as well. <laughs> so many sliders. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, then went home and got ready to go out again. Just Dom decided we should go to Sunshine Machine Bringo Brunch at 11.30. A bit of content that didn't reach the Instagram was apparently Ariel Hawani went for a piss either side of 90s Mike and Dom and they started singing the wrestling should be fun theme tune and yeah. Ariel joined in. <laughs> Did hear this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one will forever be for their ears only, I think. <laughs> Unless they hand him $100 for a Patreon. <laughs> So yeah, that led us to day two, and I remember leaving, I think it was Dom and Oscar, the last two on the train that I was on, and we kind of agreed that we were going to go and watch Row and at Pride, do your dancing, and we agreed that 12 o'clock Leicester Square was going to be where we met. But that was us in a drunken haze, and plans change. <laughs> yeah, I was very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, you would have been late if it was 12 o'clock. It was supposed to be 11.45, I told you. So you would have been late anyway. Well, that's that's absolutely classic. Wrestling should be fun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we were just showing up late so we could get an upgrade. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, plans changed. And JCH, you started the day super early by meeting friends at, what, 10 a.m., did you say, for a breakfast? Yeah, so my friend Anya, she was over from America for two weeks and she was flying back. And it was like, I hadn't seen her, so it was, and she was on her way to our other friend's house party in Essex. It was like the one time where I could grab her before. So yeah, I met her and a friend Tamsin for breakfast at a lovely Bloody Mary, 10.30. At which point Oscar's texted me going, I've got a ticket to this Sunshine Machine Bingo Brunch. And I said, I'll try and get there on time. I won't be. I should be there by 12, I said. <laughs> and I got there dead on 12. Impressive, mate. Very impressive. Yeah, and walked and I- in to see this Mambo on the stage just doing this bingo calling. And he stops and says, like, Oh, mate, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he was brilliant. He was, I said, I love those two guys anyway, but Mambo just running around at like 11. I was like, I spoke to him after, just like, You've you got so much energy for this time of day. <laughs> yeah, Oscar was telling me that apparently he had a flight to catch to Berlin at 3 a.m. as well. Yeah, because he said, oh, I'm going to have to stop drinking soon because i got wrestling in Germany tomorrow. I need to get a flight at 3am. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then not only did the Sunshine Machine do that, they also then shot off to the O2 to be part of the Hooked On Wrestling bit at the Slug and Lettuce, right? Yeah, it was all Hooked On. Yeah, nice. Bingo was Hooked On as well, yeah. So they, they said, oh, we're going over to Slug and Lettuce now. And I think Oscar went to meet you guys and I went home for two hours to rest. So yeah, I- <laughs> fair, fair. I think Dom at this point was meeting up with DDS Yankum for a dentist appointment. Yeah. And Ro, you were at Pride. How was Pride for yeah. you? Oh, it's phenomenal. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. I've been a few last few years, but this is the first sort of chance to perform on the main stage at Fargo Square. And I'm, I'm part of a dance group called Homer Parody. And we just do classes and then we do sort of like shows as well. And this just being on that stage, such a euphoric buzz. And then, yeah, I got to sort of spend that time there that was special and then hang around with them for a while. And then they were like, oh, are you like, you know, going to any after parties? Do you want to come? And I said, no, actually, um, I'm actually off to see um, some mask sport, just some and men wrestling each other um and yeah and it turns out a lot of them were going to see that as well but at another venue so uh yeah no it was uh for me it was a really good way to start the day finish up there and then uh join you guys in the o2 
fantastic stuff. So I was trying to get hold of Oscar, who was saying that he would come and meet me at Pride. And I called during your final bit of bingo and I called him up and he answered by screaming, I become, I become, I become it. Yeah, they just put, um, <laughs> they just started, they were playing like resting themes all the way through. And they, it was just, I had just finished and they played, put Fozzie on. <laughs> it, took about, it took him about 45 seconds to finish singing and then I managed to sort out what we were doing. <laughs> I would say one shout out to TK Cooper, who as I was at the bar and he was calling a bingo, just went, James at the bar over the microphone. I'm just clamoring up, Madry, please. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> when Dom's not there, you're the second sub, mate. <laughs> next, next best thing. <laughs> yeah, so I went to Pride along with Oscar. Oscar was like, oh, you got the big round at the O2, so I'll get the drinks in. And he turned up at Letter Square Station with 16 cans in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> so I left Oscar and he just got into co-op and got like a few cans. And he said, Ross, you wanted gin. I didn't have any gins. He's like, there was a Lidl next door. He's like, I'm not going to Lidl. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, mate. I'm, I'm going to leave you now at the station anyway, so I'll, I'll go. <laughs> I don't know how much extra picked up in Lidl. It's pretty well stocked already. <laughs> so, yeah, that was actually my first Pride, and I loved it. Just big party vibes, perfect kind of pre-drinking place for a wrestling event, especially a wrestling event at the O2 that charges the amount that they charge for drinks. And bags. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and bags. Ten pounds, mate. <laughs> So yeah, that was a really fun thing. And then we all met up yet again at our owned bench <laughs> by uh, well, I, 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 got there, I got there first on my way to meet Mike and Dom because you guys was Dom can Dom basically was going, I can't find these fellas. I can't I can't cross the road. There's a bloody parade. And I and I accidentally and I got the pleasure of uh, as I got in, I bumped into uh our old friend, Revolution Professional Wrestling Robert. But he lives down there. He was there with his wife just going out for dinner. So I got to say hello to them. I think Dom saw him as well. And he was in the toilet queue. And then, yeah, got into our bench or our little round sticks or yep. seat type thing. Stopped up from Tesco's and did the same thing again, basically. And did Brum's weekend quiz, which we absolutely smashed. And Sultan, if you're listening, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Five on one. Five on one. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Um, also met up with my friend Greg and his two mates who had just been to see the Undertaker live show previous to Money in the Bank. And they said it was a lot of fun. I think he was on, on stage for like two and a half hours telling stories. Apparently he drank half a bottle of Jack in that time. Pretty impressive. Some of the prearranged questions were quite strange, apparently. One of the questions was, what's your favourite memory of the Ultimate Warrior? <laughs> what a waste. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty much it heading into day two. Then Ro couldn't get his bag in because it was too big, even though it was tiny. And he had to pay it £10 pounds to put it in the bag. Look, the rule said no bigger than A4 paper, and that was an A4 paper. <laughs> and they just made it. was empty. I had a little coat in it and a wireless charger, and they made me put it in for the bag drop-off, which <laughs> I assumed, naively, it would just be like a deposit thing. But no, they took my 10 quid and they kept it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And we didn't even get an upgrade on the seats. What what shit. I had a shit. Yeah. 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 The plan didn't come to fruition the second time. It turns out that if you don't plan things, it works out better. <laughs> Mike managed to get into a bit of a tussle on the door with one of the guys, which was classic Mike. Mike obviously came out on top. Yeah, he tried to go around to the left-hand one, and the bloke was like, you got to go around this one. He was like, they're the same thing, mate. Dickhead. <laughs> classic Mike. <laughs> Thank you.
We managed to unfortunately miss Nakamura's entrance for the first match, but the first match was Damien Priest, Butch, Eddie Knight, Logan Paul, Ricochet, Santos Escobar, and Shinsuke Nakamura fighting for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. And this match was ranked the third best according to Cage Match. And I really enjoyed it. It went 20 minutes. Our view obviously was a lot different to the view the previous night. We were very high up, but still had a really decent view of both the ring and the screen. It's kind of weird watching it like that because your eye is kind of taken to the screen. And I don't really like the idea of just watching a screen when the wrestlers are doing their thing live. So I was constantly trying to watch the actual action underneath. But when it was a little bit of downtime, it was quite good to look up and see the close-up of a wrestler and stuff like that. But this match itself, again, Logan Paul got incredible reactions. He was treated as the absolute menace in this match. Pretty much six on one at all times, anytime that Logan Paul was wrestling. Ricochet did ricochet things, bouncing around the ring, doing flips. Santos got quite a bit of airtime as well. And he also got a classic British chant of, I just sold my car Mm. to Santos Escobar, which is a play on the current advert for soldmycar.com, is it? Damon Priest obviously won the match. Butch got his bits in. (laughs) Phrasing. And LA Knight got an even bigger pop than he did the previous night. I know the argument is that you've got to strike when the iron's hot with these things. And I completely agree with that point in principle. But I think that the story that Damon Priest can tell with that briefcase is better than what Ellie Knight can tell personally. So I was happy that Damon Priest won it, but I did pick Ellie Knight to win. So I lost a point. Oh, 10 points, in fact. 10, 10 points. points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Ellie Knight should have won. I think I vocally told him as much during the match. Uh, <laughs> but I'd agree because if he wins, he's not going to win a title, is he? He can't go LA, let's saw LS of LA Knight win a thing. Or he can walk around saying, yeah, and then he'll have a match, he'll lose, and then he'll be back to nothing. So I think I'd agree with you. They need to build him up a bit more. He's, he's He shouldn't have won it. And Priest and Balor and Seth can have some trio-based story. They they told someone later on tonight. It made it interesting. So I'd agree with you. I would have given it to Logan personally, but I think you're a big fan of Logan, aren't you? He's bloody good. He's good. He drinks shit, but he's good. Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drinking his Kool Aid, but <laughs> you have drunk his Kool Aid. Just half of it, <laughs> half a bottle. Couldn't finish the rest. <laughs> what were your thoughts on it, bro? Oh, a really good way to kick off the pay-per-view. And yeah, everyone got their spots, as you said. Some nasty, nasty bumps. I think Logan Paul got a uh, a big sort of gash on his shoulder from that table spot with um, Ricochet. But yeah, I, I would want to watch it back on the network just to see how differently um, it is with all the the camera angles and the production and and everything added in. But yeah, as you say, I, I, I agree with you, Ross. Like it was, I was trying the whole time to watch the actual live uh, wrestling rather than the screen. But on the, some of these like uh, high spots, I did sort of glance up at the screen just to see a bit closer. Yeah. Um, but the match itself, really sort of exciting. And I really enjoyed the fact that this this Money in the Bank particular, all seven competitors, they, they hadn't won a, a title, a world title before. So it seemed quite fresh uh, in terms of sort of the competitors. Um, and the right sort of yeah the right the right because you know we've had previous money in the bank where you know some of the larger athletes are in there who you know they're in there for a reason but they can't do some of the high sort of like exciting spots but all of these competitors could and even logan yeah you know he divides people he's not very popular but he can go you know in the short type of time he's been in wwe he could definitely go and he got some big spots as well with ricochet um and some of the other competitors and yeah and I, i do love how they teased some of the close calls as the match started and i noticed like I, I saw 
you know, they're all ganging up on Logan. I had this real bad sort of sinking feeling. I think I said to whoever sat next to me, he's definitely winning because they're gonna they're gonna be so distracted. He's they've they've they would have taken him out and he's gonna sneak up and grab it and steal the case. But um I, I'm not fussed. I did pick Elinite to win. Um that was just based on the you know, it was a popular choice. But I'm not I'm not at all gutted. Damien Priest one. I think he he will have a better story with the um the friction with uh, with Bala and the slow sort of like breakup of um, Judgment Day. So I, I and it'll be interesting to see how they sort of build that. Obviously, you know who he cashes in on, and if he actually ends up winning. But a a, a very strong money in the bank match. Um, I would say, and a really really fun and exciting way to kick off the pay per view. Definitely. Well, well, I would add. Um, based on your initial very first point, Ross, about uh, the screen and and how you watch it from from up there, yeah, uh, I thought like watching that match down where we were in the first night wouldn't have been as good as it was having the bird's eye view almost because I think there's so much going on all around the ring and in different places you could actually see it all. Whereas if we'd been down there for a match like this, I think it, you would you would have had to watch more of the screen even though you're closer because you just can't see. Like the other side of the ring, and, and that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have had a crazy view for that Logan Paul spot, though. Yeah, <laughs> Logan, Logan, Logan Bear. <laughs> Next up, we had the WWE Women's Tag Team title match. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez surprising the world and defeating the team of Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler with what we assume to be a face turn for Shayna Baszler, which must excite you a lot, James. Very much so. Apparently, they were 10,000 to 1 on to win. Woo-hoo! Damn. So, yeah, no, I... I hope Sal had that on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love the Shayna turn. I'd say I'm a massive Shayna fan and uh, I don't think she's quite been given the rub on the main roster that she possibly deserves. I don't know, maybe she has, maybe she hasn't. She's had a few shots and stuff, hasn't she? But I think she's awesome. She's so good and she's so like different to anyone else really on the roster. I guess Ronda is the one who's the most similar, but I think she always just comes across quite different than Ronda. And yeah, love the heel turn, face turn. I'm not even sure what it was. <laughs> If one heel turns on another heel, does that make them a face? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, cool. It was definitely a shock moment, wasn't it? I think it was us three that kind of all looked at each other at that moment. We're like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Was that Um, what that meant to happen? (laughs) Ro, what was your thoughts on the match in general? I know that we spoke previously trying to get the Northern line that had closed down, obviously. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) That we were both impressed with Raquel's power moves in this match. What was your overall view? Yeah, no, it was definitely impressed with the Raquel's power move, and she is huge, deceptively. Even from there, like we were sat high up, you could just see how tall she is. But the match itself, I think it didn't go long until obviously there was the face or heel turn. We'll have to wait and see what actually happens. But for me, it was just a bit. I think I said this to you, or so I was like, if you want to turn on your partner and you want to lose, you would do it straight away. Like, I don't know. <laughs> This is not me trying to find logic in WWE booking, but, you know, logically, before, as soon as the bell goes, Shayna would have been like, screw you, you're on your own. Bye, bitch, I'm out. She would have let, well, she actually had some offense and then she did it. I guess that was a bit more shocking in doing it that way and a bit more sort of like impactful because it suddenly came out of nowhere. But yeah, logically, it was just a bit weird that she'd do it mid-match. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. Like, is this Ronda's sort of way of having another break? As I think Ross said, you know, it might be that she wants to have a break and she wants to put Shayna over on her way out until she comes yeah. back. 
it'll be cool to see a match between the two whatever kind of match that is if it's sort of like a UFC style match or a fight pit match or whatever it is um, either way I think it'll be quite a decent match to watch and yeah and it's good for I guess uh, returning Liv Morgan and Raquel to have those really prestigious women's tag titles which you know definitely mean a lot in that promotion at the moment so uh, you know it'll be (laughs) <laughs> it's just sorry the booking of that has been it's just you know i haven't watched WWE weekly but even i know the booking of it has just been all over the place but hopefully this gives it some stability and they have some new challenges now that they unified the titles with the nxt women's titles but yeah it was a decent enough match and uh, i think it was the angle that was uh, more memorable coming out of it i'm trying to figure out even looking on the internet if Shayna is smackdown or raw because i'm quite excited about a solo match and if they turn her face and put her against Rhea, that could be a lot of fun. If she's yeah, on would Raw. Be a, but I can't remember yeah. if she's on Raw. I just can't see a face, Ronda. But then I can't see a face, Shayna, either. So I don't know. Maybe they'll just both be heels and have a match. Maybe. I can't remember who it was. Someone picked Rousey and Baszler to have a fight pit match this year in the predictions. And if that yeah, comes, did, yeah. well played, whoever that was. And I want to see it as I'll well. I'll play the point. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we had ourselves an intercontinental title match between Gunter and Matt Riddle. Someone that obviously James won't go into it in detail, but someone that you absolutely loved in the past in Matt Riddle. It must have been a strange moment seeing him again. Yeah, I was quite looking forward to this match. This match we've seen. Alexandra Palace had Thatcher as well, didn't they? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure we have seen this match before. I may have remembered it wrong. No, I was looking forward to this. I thought this was like the sort of could be the big work rate match of the show, like the sort of the banger, the you know, famous gun for Riddle's definitely capable of having that sort of match. It was just a bit of one sided. It was only seven minutes. Seven or eight minutes, yeah. Just it was the shortest match on the whole card. Gunther looked good. When did they change his music? Yeah, they first debuted him with the same music that he's always had. Yeah. And then they changed it so that it still had the strings at the start and then it went into a song. And now the strings just don't exist and I hate it. <laughs> Isn't it what it does sort of go like, Goomba, Goomba? Yeah, it's a bit, yeah. Yeah, he looks like he's in a good spot. I'm sure I'll have a good match with Drew McIntyre. He doesn't really have bad matches. This is probably one of the least yeah. good ones. I- I unfortunately missed the first half of this, which was only like three or four minutes, but I went down to get some drinks and I've almost dislocated my ankle because I missed the last step. (laughs) (laughs) And luckily nobody really saw it because I was in the dark, but I had to like hold on to the rail. And if I hadn't hold on to that rail, I was a goner. (laughs) (laughs) But I came back with my drinks and I sat down and saw pretty much the end of the match. My heart of the match was the bare hand to the bare foot slaps on the soles (laughs) of the feet of Riddle, obviously the injured ankle. That was really cool. Shocked to the ankle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then there was the tap out, which is obviously a new thing for Gunter. Normally wins by powerbomb. So that was quite a cool thing. Obviously, it was a limb-based match. Riddle sold it really well. The doctors and stuff came out afterwards. Whether that was a work or not, probably is. I'm always worked. Um, I thought he was injured because he was just down for so long with the trainers. Yeah. I did spot that once Drew McIntyre was in the ring that I could see Riddle doing his little peace sign and like pointing at Drew to the fan at the front being like, hey, that's cool. (laughs) Which is very Riddle. Ro, were you happy with the big return of Drew McIntyre? Yeah, definitely. Again, rumoured, but you never know until you actually see it. And the pop he got 
I would say the second loudest pop of a surprise. Obviously, you know, we will talk about who else turned up later. But it was very, very fun to sort of see Drew. I was saying to, I think, Mike, that I'm a bit surprised that Drew wasn't on the card. But lo and behold, he was obviously he was. And yeah, the match itself is a good Gunter match, as you said, quite short. But just to hear those chops in person and literally in the flesh was definitely a sound to behold. And we were all the way up there and I could still hear them. And, you know, the part where he was slapping the barefoot of Riddle. There is nothing, no body part that Gunter will not chop or slap. Um, (laughs) Phrasing, boom! And now we know for sure. But yeah, a short bit, a good Gunter match. And just sort of see the return of Drew McIntyre as well. Very cool. Super cool, yeah. And I think that led into the second surprise, right? Was that after this? Or was it after the Cody Rose match? I can't remember. I don't. I just remember when it happened, not actually being ready for it because I thought like they're going to run some ad and then. Let's say it was now, just because it's halfway yeah. through. So we got the big return of McIntyre, and it was really cool to hear the pop that he got. Proof that making him lose in Cardiff didn't kill him in the territory. People still excited for him. Then we got a big pop of John Cena, where usually in the UK, he even pointed out that he gets Cena sucks. But this time people were chanting his song. The time is now very, very positive towards him, which I think is in direct correlation to the fact that he's not been on TV. (laughs) (laughs) And he came out and I've read reports that he didn't have a script for this. It was just Mm. this was just him and his thoughts trying to manifest something. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like in no way are they going to trust anyone to have free reign on a mic. He would have definitely had bullet points, at least. But he did mention that he has got such fond memories of wrestling in the UK and that certain people in the back think it's too dangerous to have a WrestleMania here because the crowd take over the show. They boo who they want to boo. They cheer who they want to cheer, etc., etc. But he loves it because it proves that you're passionate and we're one of the most passionate countries for wrestling. And he more or less said the UK should get a WrestleMania. And the pop for that was unreal. I was even getting kind of like welled up at it, which is weird. Like, I don't really Oh, like, yes. I, I like, saw this and I was like, this is amazing. Like, you <laughs> you definitely got emotional. I was like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> this is, this is genuinely like, you know, yeah, really I was like, like nice to see. Yeah, I was just like, wow, this is like genuine. It's a moment. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it was a bit of validation for all the shows that we go to. <laughs> and we run a podcast talking about and like yeah we are passionate and we would love a massive show like wrestlemania to be at the uk and hopefully it does happen we obviously joked that we've got tony khan to thank for it because it's likely that this is just you know wwe doing their thing and someone does something in an area and wwe have to better it this is what they do whether that's the case or not if it ends up with wwe coming to london or wherever it is in the UK, to do WrestleMania, without doubt, we have to be there and would have the best time. And yeah, then we had that loveliness and then out came Grayson Waller. <laughs> what a boy. Ooh, what a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> so he's someone, as the resident NXT fan here, along with Josh, he's someone that I've been talking about on this podcast a while and how much I think he's got it. He's just got the it factor. He is so good on the mic. He's charismatic. He carries himself. He's passionate. He knows his character. And we've seen nothing of it yet, really, on WWE TV. We saw plenty of it on NXT. They gave him AJ Styles, for God's sake. And to put him up against John Cena and 
in that moment when John Cena's delivering this amazing, passionate promo about us and him coming out and dissing us is proof how much faith they have in him. And I hope to God that this is the start of Grayson Moller being something on SmackDown because at the moment he's just kind of a talk show guy. But apparently broke his leg in his last NXT match, which makes sense for why he hasn't been wrestling. But I think if you weren't a believer of Grayson Waller coming into this, you would be coming out of it. And I think speaking to you, James, at the show itself, you were massively won over by him. Yeah, I'd, I'd say won over is the wrong word. I wasn't like down with him before. I hadn't really seen much of him. Uh, firstly, I'd say I got goosebumps when John Cena came out. Literal goosebumps. I was like, wow, look at that, John Cena. Well done. Uh, phrasing. Um, yeah, I thought Grayson Waller was fantastic, though. Just, yeah, held his own on the mic. He had some fine lines. Uh, <laughs> I like when he was talking about the Fiend match at WrestleMania. He says, my best home. It was so meta. Yeah, he had some really good lines. I, I, I thought the, I'd say much of whatever he said, it was more the way he delivered it. It really impressed me. Yeah, you can tell he's very comfortable on the mic and held his own out there with uh, with someone of the calibre of John Cena. So, yeah, fair play to him. I mean, again, like, I haven't seen him wrestle. Maybe he's just another LA night. I don't know, but. I was more impressed with him in LA night. I'll put it that way. <laughs> How about you, Ro? What was your overall thoughts? Yeah, I'd also had goosebumps. I think by that point, because if it was after the Cody match or this one, wherever it was, the placement of it, I guess it was almost perfect because I had sort of, the match had finished, I'd sat down. I think all of us had sat down and then Cena's music just hit, you hear that. And then it was more as if it was a slightly delayed reaction because it was like, no way. And initially I thought maybe it's just a video package they air because they did yeah. something, a video package for Edge. And then when Edge's music hit, I was like, oh, because well, I was I was obviously like prepared for the Cena thing. But that's what I thought this literally was. And then when everyone just stood up and I was like, no way, this is not happening. And yeah, literal goosebumps and the reaction he got, just phenomenal. And yeah, what he said about the UK and WrestleMania sort of possibly being here, I hope it does happen. I hope it's not just a, an empty sort of tease. I think it was them just putting the feelers out and at some point it will happen. I don't know. I don't think it'll be as soon as 41 or 42, but you know, whenever it does, I will definitely be there. And yeah, the Grayson Waller thing, I only um, am familiar with him from um, the recent sort of Smackdowns. He's done the talk shows and he can go on the mic. And I also was quite impressed that he held his own with someone like John Cena, who's obviously amazing on the mic in terms of giving promos. And I think he did a lot better because I'm comparing it to when Austin Theory's promo lead up to the match with Cena um, at WrestleMania. I think Grayson Waller held his own a lot better than Austin Theory did in multiple promos leading to that sort of match in this one sort of segment and the stuff he said you know about wrestlemania not the uk not being worth it wrestlemania it should go to rest in australia was just brilliant it'll be interesting to see how he is in the ring i've not sort of seen him on nxt but if he can go in the ring and as well as he can go on the mic he definitely has a bright future ahead of him maybe a, a match with john cena later on down the line at some point if that's something they're teasing who knows you know cena obviously likes putting over younger guys now he did with theory at mania so who knows maybe that's where the direction they'll eventually do if and when um, that happens yeah, a brilliant moment for us to see live. I think for myself personally, the only thing that would have topped it is if we heard the Taker's Gong sort of hit on that night. Uh, that would have been <laughs> just insane level of sort of pop. But yeah, okay. just and to see, for me, it was really sort of cool to see that obviously everyone's reactions, but all of sort of, you know, 
the lads' reaction as well, especially yours, Ross, uh, how it sort of meant to you. It was really, really sort of heartwarming to see uh, how it impacted all of us. Because, yeah, seeing as someone, you know, we've grown up sort of watching and there's times where obviously, you know, he gets a lot of booze, he gets a lot of cheers, but he gets a reaction and this reaction from the UK crowd, from all of you and from all of us, it was definitely a moment and one of the highlights, I would say, of the whole weekend. Yeah, and a massive surprise and a very good one. Very well, good one. Week- thing. I don't yeah, sure. think they have the license to keep the O2 open long enough to have Undertaker and Bloodline Roman Reigns come out. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Then we possibly had <laughs> Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio, possibly the match after or before. Either way, the match happened. That reaction for the Cody Rhodes theme music was amazing. Having my arm around 90s Mike, belting out that song. It wasn't just the woes bits that the crowd did. It felt like everyone knew the whole song. It was amazing. Not as big fireworks as other pay-per-views. I think O2 may have some kind of restrictions on where they were exactly. But there was a lot of fireworks and it was great. The match itself... Dominic Mysterio is such a good chicken shit heel. I love him. The way that he sprinted almost the whole way back to the backstage (laughs) in this match was brilliant. Obviously, the build-up to this match, Cody Rhodes wasn't even able to lay a hand on him, like on the whole way through to this match. And it was only during this match that he managed to actually get the guy because he's always hitting from behind and then running by Rhea Ripley. I was someone who thought that potentially Dominic Mysterio would win this. I picked him to win. I thought Brock Lesnar may play a part. Someone. The only one, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> obviously, that was not the case and probably the right call. But yeah, I loved it. A super simple match. It only got rated 5.56 on Cage Match, but I enjoyed it for what it was because I enjoy the work of Dominic in this role. And what were your thoughts, JCH? Yeah, I, again, like good fun match. You just got to see the kid get beaten up who you want to get beaten up. Did what he had to do. Again, like they know he's not at a certain level as a wrestler. Like He's not going to be able to go out there and have a 45-minute match with Cody Rhodes, which probably for the best because no one wants to see a 45-minute match, really. And, yeah, he just does his job well. And, you know, he makes people want to see him get the shit kicked out of him. So when he does, it's enjoyable. As you say, simple. Simple and effective. Absolutely. The team. And the fact that they played it twice because he won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ro, what was your thoughts on seeing Cody Rhodes for, I think, the first time? Yeah, definitely the first time. And yeah, I mean, I didn't know all the words. I knew the oh part and I knew some <laughs> of the words. So uh, I uh, faked singing along to all of a song. Um, but just to hear all the audience singing it and you all singing it as well. And just to see the reaction he gets and got there. Absolutely amazing. And then on the opposite end, the boos that Dominic Mysterio got when his music hit and throughout the match I think that stuck out for me more than the match itself and the match was decent enough it did what it needed to do really portray Dom as a as you said a chicken shit heel and just give Cody that win I did read somewhere and I think we were talking about it as we were going in into the O2 that there were rumours of this possibly headlining the entire sort of show which was very puzzling when I heard sort of the rumours and we were talking about it and the only reason I think they would have done that was obviously if it was to set up for a Lesnar return. Um, so who knows, maybe they tried to, and as Lesnar didn't want to get on a plane from Saskatchewan to uh, to London <laughs> on, his, on his luxurious private jet, he couldn't be asked. So maybe they changed it, but it would have been very odd to have that, even with a Lesnar return as the main event over the Bloodline sort of storyline. So I don't know if that was just a tease, but that was a rumour. But, uh, but yeah, decent enough match, and it was good to see Cody sort of live and hear, for me, sort of experience the booze that Dom gets the reaction he gets live was definitely a moment and it was just 
he he knows what he's doing being that chicken shit heel and he does it so well so good on him and it was good to see Rhea I loved her hair the way she had done her hair I know I said to Mike I was like she looks phenomenal even from up here she looks amazing <laughs> it'll be good to see her in a match at some point as well live so if that's at Wrestlemania Luke that'll be amazing to see but yeah decent enough match in the segment as well yeah next up we had ourselves the women's money in the bank ladder match <laughs> That featured Io Sky, Bailey, Becky Lynch, Tristratus, Selena Vega, and Zoe Stark. It was actually rated higher than the men's match on Cage Match. Not by much, but slightly higher. 8.18 in total so far off of 310 votes. So went very down with the online lot. And I have to say that actually I felt that the crowd was quite flat for this, which was a shame because I've got a big love for pretty much everyone in that match. Especially the first 10 minutes or so, I felt the crowd was really flat for this. Which was a double shame because John Cena just put us over as being really passionate. And we just kind of sat in silence as these women were hitting themselves through ladders and things. But for me, the big takeaway was the fact that they managed to win the crowd round the last kind of eight minutes of this. Io Sky in particular, the crowd wanted her to win, which is really cool when you think that the likes of Bailey, Lynch, Stratus were in this match. Three big stars. Zelina Vega, I thought, had some nice little spots and... Zoe Stark is someone that I've been pulling for ever since she debuted in NXT, and I think that she impressed a lot here. I thought her bump of getting the uh, spin-over powerbomb was absolutely brutal on the ladder and was enough to even wake Oscar up. So that's impressive. (laughs) (laughs) James, what was your view on this one? Uh, Yeah, I enjoyed it. See, we had the EO Sky chant. Oh, yeah. Tell everyone the chant. It was... uh... EO, EO, EO Sky, up the ladder she will go. When she gets the briefcase, this is what we'll sing. EO Sky, EO Sky, EO is our queen. Yes. And, got, and it got a little smattering from the people around us, but then the guy behind us made it worse. Yeah, he, he liked <laughs> it, but he couldn't, he couldn't get it. He kept getting it wrong. <laughs> Stop getting EO wrong. <laughs> um, I did appreciate that people, because normally people hate our chants who aren't us. You're goddamn right. <laughs> so it's nice to get uh, actually, you know, getting out of the ballroom. People actually, you know, respect some good chanting and don't just say <laughs> first name, first name, first name, fucking last name. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed the match. I, I thought it was a very uh, creative ending of handcuffing Becky and Bailey yeah, each other, so they couldn't like move, but they also couldn't pull the ladder over. Yeah, without seriously injuring themselves, I guess, which allowed EO to get the win. That was cool. Yeah, just again, like similar to the the men's. I remember I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Don't remember much by the way of what happened. What uh, I quite liked was um, that that could be construed as you know a little bit like bad friendship towards Bailey, but it doesn't because of what Bailey did during the match when yeah. Aya had the match won and then she pushed her off the ladder. She pushed like, her off the ladder, didn't she? Yeah, that right. makes it evens, right? So, so it's pretty clear where they're going with the story, which is great. Ro, what was your view on it? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed this match. I'm trying to think if when I'm watching it live, did I enjoy it more than the men's match? I think it was on the equal level, but really sort of cool spots. For me, it was really surprising to see the number of sort of like, I guess, dangerous spots Trish took. She took a lot of heavy bumps and, you know, it was good to sort of see her sort of in the match. I've never seen her live. And obviously she was someone in the attitude era that we all grew up watching. And it was good to see her music and see her live. And as you said, Eosky was the sentimental favourite to win um, and very deserved winner as well. 
and the fact that she got such a reaction in a match with Becky and Bailey and, and Trish just shows, you know, how, how loved she is. And it's good that WWE listened, sort of like the crowd reaction and put her over and gave her a moment. And yeah, no, really fun match. They did a lot of sort of hard work, fun sort of spots. And the finish was just brilliant. The way he you know, sort of handcuffed Bailey and Becky together. It's sort of part of their storyline of how they sort of like came up together and the, the rivalry they've had. Then she climbed over Bailey to get that briefcase. Um, yeah, that was, was cool visual. Really cool visual. Again, that's going to lead into an eventful and you know inevitable breakup between her and uh, Bailey at some point. Maybe they'll do a, a, a match. They always do for the briefcase, which I find really silly, but they're probably going to do it anyway. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see where that leads. But yeah, really fun match. And, you know, I'm happy because she was my pick to win. So that's uh, 10 points for me because I obviously need them. <laughs> 10 points. <laughs> And then we led into the WWE World Heavyweight title match between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. And I actually watched this from a different vantage point from the rest of you boys. Yeah, you disappeared. Yeah, I went for a slash. And on my return, I spotted Dom, who was just in the stairwell watching the match. So I stood with Dom. It was by himself. So I made sure that he wasn't on his own. And we had a really good time just watching this match. And we were chatting about the show itself for the first bit and then they really captured us in the last five minutes i thought the last five minutes of this match were brilliant two guys proving how good they are in the ring had really good chemistry for the last five minutes i felt um it kind of built really really well and the fact that damien priest came out added a bit of added drama to it which i loved and seth rollins winning and then potentially getting cash in on it only for finn balor to stop damien priest i thought was a really cool little finish to it as well so in the 12 minutes that they were handed, I thought that they did a good job. And it was a nice little moment of me and Dom just kind of taking it all in and being like, this is mad that we're here and watching Seth Rollins wrestle as mates stood up when we're used to watching far smaller names wrestle, but still having as good a time. But yeah, it was just a bit of a surreal kind of look around and take it in moment for me and Dom. And I really enjoyed that moment as well as the match. How about you guys, Ro? Is that your way of saying you had a shit time with the rest of us? <laughs> <laughs> we can take a hint. We can take a hint, Ross. It's well, fine. You can't have pissed him off. He was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's directly me and you, I think. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, no. Always a pleasure to watch. I say always a pleasure to watch. The first time I'm watching Finn Larissa live. But, you know, for me, I was just in awe of, I can still count the number of abs he has all the way from where we were sat high up. <laughs> I could literally count every single one of those abdominal muscles that Fergal has. So we're just done with phrasing, right? That's not a thing anymore? It's obvious they cannot have a bad match. And you're watching just the whole match and the end as well with the tease with Damien. Uh, really sort of a fun, physically sort of like hard fought match between two guys who can just go and not have a bad match. And for me, I think this is Seth's best sort of like run that he's having. Um, he's just having a match, sort of banger after banger of sort of matches with anyone he wrestles with. And it was good to sort of see Finn in such a high profile match, obviously in a UK setting as well. And I, I actually really enjoyed the lead up to this match where they played into the whole seven years in the making where, you know, they have had matches since then, but the way Finn talked about about having been the first Universal Champion and beating Seth for it at SummerSlam, but obviously being injured. And this was his sort of like vengeance and getting back at Seth for doing that and then taking the title from him, this newly title that he's just won. So that was really cool. And the match itself was really, really good. 
And uh, yeah, I'm sort of like nothing bad to see about it. And it'll be interesting to see where they go with the Judgment Day split now that Damien's got the Money in the Bank briefcase. So that'll be really cool to see on Raw. Yeah, just on that, obviously they've got JD McDonough in the wings, possibly coming into the Judgment Day. And also last week, Rhea Ripley was on NXT and she was bigging up Afer Valkyrie. So that's two Irish wrestlers, obviously. Potentials Mm -hmm. coming in for the Judgment Day. So... Yeah, there's... they've also got Io Sky. Remember, don't forget she's in Judgment Day. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah forget that. <laughs> yeah, amazing. James, what was your view on this one? All right, for me, Seth Rollins has jumped the shark. Yeah, I can't take him seriously. He's a fine professional wrestler. He's a good wrestler. I just, yeah, I thought I enjoyed Balor. I enjoyed the Balor and Priest sort of thing at the end. I thought Balor, in the moment, I was hoping he was going to win. I think Seth Rollins is meant to be a babyface, but I can't get on board with that personally. <laughs> um, I said nothing wrong with the work in it at all. Like, there never was going to be with these two guys, but just for me, I can't get into this Rollins thing at all. Every time I see it, I just don't quite get it. Yeah, so I'll stay positive and say I enjoyed Priest and Finn Balor. Good stuff, man. Well done on saying positive. <laughs> and that leads us into... The main event of the evening. Which went 32 minutes, can you believe? This was the Usos and the Bloodline Civil War. Jay and Jimmy against Roman Reigns and Solo Sikoa. And this was match of the night, according to Cage Match. 8.61 it's got on Cage Match. Decent value. So I had a slightly different vantage point for half of this match. Along with James, we went up to the top, right at the back, stood at the back. And that gave me real deja vu to Cardiff, where me, Sam and Nighties did the exact same thing for pretty much the whole show. And it gives you a real fun kind of view of like the whole crowd and you're kind of like towering over everyone. And you're able to feel like you're on the terrace and you're able to chant and do what you want. And yeah, it gives you a real freedom that being sat in those seats doesn't quite give you. And I really enjoyed that point of view. And I also enjoyed all the wank pheasant chanting with <laughs> with Dom and uh, JCH. And then I knew that the finish was coming around them that time. So for the last 10 minutes or so, I changed tact and then sat with Ro, Oscar and 90s. I'm glad that I did both. And the moment when they hit the double super kick and then Jay went up for the splash, I think I was the first person out of my seat because I kind of just had a feeling that was it. I know that Roman Reigns kicks out at 2.9 all the time. But I've been the guy that's been pulling for Jey Uso to be the guy for absolute months on this podcast. And the fact that I could feel it happening. And then when it did happen, it truly felt like I was at Ashton Gate and we scored a 90th minute winner. (laughs) I absolutely loved it. I double fist pumped. I jumped on 90's mic. I was just, oh, it just felt amazing. And the reaction that those guys got after the match where everyone was singing their song for like what felt like another 32 minutes. I absolutely love this match. It felt Okada-esque in terms of slow pacing, getting people into it. I'll let you guys talk about the rest of the match, but I just had the best time during this match. And I know people will say that potentially it went on too long and it could have had 10, 15 minutes cut off and it would have been just as good. But I enjoyed it for the reasons that I just gave. I had 15 minutes with my boys at the top, then 15 minutes with the lads going absolutely wild. I loved it. What did you guys think, Ro? Yeah, it didn't feel like it was that long. Uh, 32 minutes it felt you know I thought it was a lot shorter maybe but yeah it was again a very sort of typical Roman Reigns match slow build setting up the big dramatic sort of end and 
it was just yeah it was just phenomenal i guess to see the reactions and see this storyline and for me personally it was like it was really sort of cool that WWE gave us sort of the UK crowd, the London crowd, you know, the actual end of this storyline and this saga that's been building for so long. And it's genuinely one of the best, if not the best storyline that WWE has actually invested time in and done properly for such a long time. And to see that, you know, the soap opera-esque storyline end and culminate here, well, it's not ending, but it's just break up sort of here to see it live and say we were there. It's It was just phenomenal brilliant and i did see you sort of stand up when that ending was happening and i don't think anyone else stood up ross because no one else thought that was it it was it was so <laughs> it's, it's it's been so ingrained in us that roman's just going to kick out at 2.99 whatever <laughs> i had just assumed that's just going to kick out so i hadn't stood up and you had but when i heard that through i was like no fucking way i was like what <laughs> that cannot be the end of the match but it made that even better because it was so for me unexpected that sort of finish i just thought it's just going to go for another few near falls and then and, you know, I picked the Bloodline to win. I thought they're going to win and then continue sort of that dynamic with one of the Usos coming back to the Bloodline or whatever. But it was a very unexpected ending for me. And the match itself, especially the last 10 minutes, just brilliant, brilliantly acted. Roman's reactions to the kickouts, phenomenal. Just the way he was literally seething. And then you could see it on his face where he was like, I don't know what to do. And then it was Solo, who was the one who's in control, being like, we've got to get it together. We've got to keep going. We've got to take them out. Just brilliant. To have that see and see it live and sort of like experience that with all of you and all of the crowd with the reactions, with the near falls and the ending. And then when the users won, they're singing along to their song. Just brilliant. Just what a way to end such a cool weekend and pay-per-view for me. Even though, you know, my tribal chief lost. Um, and I'm still <laughs> still not over it and I won't get over it. You know, it was good to see Usos get that moment. And yeah, if this does lead to that match with Jey Uso and, and Roman at SummerSlam, what a full circle for a storyline because that's how it started and that's how it ends. It's just WWE getting a storyline, a long-term storyline, correct for once after what seems such a long time. So yeah, brilliant. Bang on. And yeah, Ro, I did see you singing the Uso song through gritted teeth. <laughs> I, I don't think I was singing, you know, I was sort of just grunting it through my breath. And also on that, I was the only one, if you notice, sat when every time there were a lot of, you know, F you Roman chants and Roman sucks and all this. I didn't partake in these chants. I'm loyal to my tribal chief. <laughs> you were just raising that finger. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, repeatedly. And JCH, let's end this on you. What was your thoughts on the main event? Yeah, it was good. I watched that at the top with Dom. I you know, just sat in the stairwell at the top as if I was a, what you call it, Matt Taylor. But I think one of the Premier League managers used to sit on, <laughs> on a cool box. Is it Bielsa? Oh, Bielsa, yeah. Yeah, so I sort of felt like him. So again, like, I don't really remember much of the first 25 minutes or so of the match, but the last sort of five, ten, when it was all kicking off, like a double stack. That's great, wasn't it? That was cool a great, great kick out. The ending, that just the shock of, of the Usos winning. Well, not that they won, but they won by pinning Roman. I think I picked them to win, but getting them to win by that way, you can set up, you know, you thought you got another six or seven chaps of this. Now you can do a three-way, you can do two couple of singles fusing, you can do a four-way. They sort of sowed some solo seeds on Friday, didn't they, as well? So I We think, did yeah, uh, joke that WrestleMania could be a McMahon in every corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of it, once it's all said and done, Roman will win and we'll begin to be champion. <laughs> And Ross, you'll be surprised again <laughs> when Jay Uso doesn't win the Universal title. But no, really good, really good last finishing stretch. Again, I'm not criticising them again, just doesn't remember so much of it. 
But um, yeah, I enjoyed it and it was a really cool end way to send the fans home happy. And, and as you guys said, to see something that hasn't happened in three years, you know, Baron Corbin will have one less thing to talk about now, haven't he? <laughs> no longer the last man to pin Roman Reigns. Yeah, loved it. I think it gave me all I wanted from a match and as a show, just like a fun time with my mates. That's all I really want. I say it's different when I'm watching at home. I prefer more work rate stuff, I think. But I also like stuff like this. But um, when I'm at a show, it's just, yeah, I like to just be entertained and have a good time with my mates. And I think this did it very well. I was going to ask, actually, what was the correlation between this show and being a PLE pay-per-view in America? Did it hold up? Yeah, I think because they've got so big that things almost get a bit lost. I think that I preferred stuff like the Rumble, which was in like an arena and stuff like this. I don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed going to WrestleMania and you get the moments sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose you do. You've got stuff like the Yes movement, which is not the same as the Yeah movement, by the way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the UK crowd, I thought was really strong. I say, you know, you said there was a little bit of flat periods, but I think in general they were good and it was quite a, it wasn't like a bizarro world. We're not, we're going to cheer for who you don't want us to cheer for. I think apart from, I don't know, me and Ro, apparently. Uh, everyone, everyone cheered for the right people for the majority of the time oh, apart from LA Knight who I think is a heel but <laughs> yeah the UK does stack up well as fans we are rowdy and we also bring a bit more variety to it whereas the uh, Americans are very boring let's go Cena Cena sucks yeah, yeah say you've got about three chances similar to your sort of progress the first <laughs> name fucking last name crew Whereas I think the British crowd in general are a bit more creative and, you know, Sansesquire in his car and stuff. And Shout out uh, to Roman Reigns for reacting to Stand Up If You Hate Roman by sitting on the apron and saying, yeah. why are we even here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, quality. And then we did a sit down if you hate Roman. I think that's when I sat down. And, I didn't <laughs> think again. and there was like VAR chants and stuff. Yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah. I think the UK crowd was, was very good. Well, I have to admit, lads, Two days of wrestling takes it out of you. I got home at about half one and my legs were just led and I was a beaten man, but wouldn't have changed any of it for the world. Being there with my mates, watching Would you a have changed your pick of Dominic Mysterio? <laughs> no, always stick to you. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy on Twitter said. <laughs> I had the best time and not just because of the wrestling, probably more so because of you guys just... Love, even though you didn't sit with us for half of it. <laughs> no, I sat with some of you. I split you. <laughs> you came back to us wank peasants at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put you everywhere, right? Shit <laughs> job. <laughs> but yeah, for me personally, I just had the best time and cannot wait now for all in. I know, Road, that you're not coming because you're not really an AEW guy, but... Well, you say this now, but... You should just after... come for the crack, man. It's wrestling. Well, you know what? After experiencing my first live pay-per-view, I think I might do. So, uh, yeah. Are, are tickets still going? Is, is Tony Khan still selling tickets? <laughs> just contact him on Twitter. I'll give him... Yeah, I'll tweet him. <laughs> so let's move up to the final little bits of plugs. JCA, did you have anything to plug? I had a 45-minute monologue about Collision. <laughs> That's for the Patreon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just plug the cricket. Should be fun. Podcast coming soon. Keep watching the channels. It'll be on. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that was it, yeah. I thought, yeah, that was all I had to plug. <laughs> and Ro, did you want to plug anything? Um, what do I know? Justice for Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We'll get that trending, my friend. And last but not least, the socials. 
at WSBFUN on Twitter, at Wrestling Should Be Fun on TikTok, and at Wrestling Should Be Fun on Instagram. Oscar on the TikTok and Dom on Instagram both do a fantastic job at what they do. Make sure that you check both of those out as well as the Twitter. And we have been Wrestling Should Be Fun. This has been episode 98. Look after your mates and drink lots of water. Leon Slater, see you later. (laughs) Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.